This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. My name is Emily. And my name's Jen. And we are the hosts of the Shrink Chicks podcast. Um, uh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. We're gonna, for the record, we're going to say that we're recording this today on April 9th. If a whole bunch of stuff happens before this comes out, do not think we are assholes for not addressing it. We're just trying to have some type of normalcy. Right? Keep our podcast going. Keep it, yeah. Answer some of your questions. So this entire episode is dedicated to answering your questions. So the questions, so we put out on Instagram, do you have any questions for the Shrink Chicks? And we got so many. (laughs) So many. So many. So we're not going to get through everything, but we're going to try to get through as many as we can. We're not going to go in a particular order here. We're just going to go for it. We haven't actually, the best part is, like, we have not, Jen and I have not talked about this. Not at all. Uh, beforehand. So we're just going to start talking about it and answer. And you guys get to listen while <laughs> that happens. <laughs> so so wish us our, luck. So you'll see our whole sort of process. Um, well, what, Jen, how are you today? Today, um, I'm doing okay. I think this week was a little harder yeah. than the previous weeks. I think each week gets a little harder. Yeah, like, I was doing pretty good before this, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, so we're in Pennsylvania, and in Pennsylvania this week they also announced that like all the schools are closed for the remainder right. of the year. And I think that was even though we don't we're not in school, don't have children in school or anything, right. um, it still felt alarming, like a really big deal. Right. And also, I mean, we're lucky enough that we can transfer our business yeah. virtually, so um, that has worked out for us. But I think that even just, I mean, as we've talked about. Um, I'm more of an introverted person, mm-hmm. so I'm totally okay with, like, hanging at home. I'm a homebody. But after four weeks, like, uh, I'm turning into an extrovert. <laughs> Someone talk to me. Well, it's just, you know, I think it's also, like, the the fear that can be associated with all, right? That, like, now you go to the grocery store and everyone's wearing masks and gloves, yeah. right? So it also feels like when you go out in the world, it feels a little different and it feels a little bit more scary and uncertain, and all the stuff that comes with that. And there's a lot of anxiety at the grocery store. Like you can feel so people's you said, anxiety. Okay, so I had a very different experience yeah. this week at the grocery store than you did. Yes. You said people were like yelling at each other. Yeah, I mean, I, I went not necessarily yelling, but like definitely aggravated. Like wow. the, it was, it was just you could just feel the tension, and I pick up on emotion. So I was so anxious feeling mm. it too. Like it's like everyone around you is very anxious. So. Um, so important to take care of yourselves during this time. Yeah. And how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So yeah, as you all know, I have a toddler at home. Uh, that's a whole thing. That <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you're doing it, honestly. Yeah. So, uh, and she just wants to walk and tear shit apart <laughs> and rip her diaper off. So, you know, it's a whole thing. It's been okay. I also have my brother-in-law living with me right now. Right. Yeah, so my brother-in-law came to stay with us about three weeks ago from New York. He lives by himself. He was like, it's getting pretty bad here. I would like to come there. So we've had my brother-in-law, which actually has been fine. I really, I mean, I sat him and him and my husband have, have like, you know, they're like two brothers, right? So they've mm-hmm. had sort of, you know, family issues. And I sat them down the first night and said, like, listen, like, here's what we're not going to fucking do. Like, if we're all going to do this together, I'm not doing this fighting. I'm not doing this, like, conflict so shit. I'm not doing the passive-aggressive stuff that you guys learned in your family of origin. We're, like, going to talk about nice this. Nice job. And it's gone, like, super well. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty actually um, impressed. Yeah. Uh-huh, to have because all that, of us. Could, that could have been a tough situation. Yes. Yeah. So, and it's been nice, you know, just with balancing, you know, childcare and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, um, so we're doing okay. But I agree. I think this week's been a little bit 
more tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to keep vibing with it. Keep riding the wave. I mean, you know, you and I both are very similar that we're big radical acceptance people. Yes. And this is a situation that, like, you just have to have radical fucking acceptance. Well, and I think we've learned that in becoming therapists yeah. is that we understand that there are certain things that are in our control and then certain things that are not in our control. <laughs> and this is not. This is one of those things that's not in our control. And so that one of the thing that things that we're practicing is the ability to accept that. Yeah. And we talk about it a lot, um, you know, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't come with some anxiety. And sadness and, and grief. sadness. And so I'm sure you're, you know, a lot of you who are left listening are feeling that too. Yeah. So um it's a good segue into our questions yeah. oh wait but i do have a recommendation of book yes. of the week oh yes um uh, this is a book i just started it's called why zebras don't have ulcers oh and it is about really interesting about basically the stress response cycle across all species so if you're interested in learning more about how we're all adapting stress right now why zebras don't have ulcers check it out do you did you get to the point where you figure out why zebras I don't, don't I have do, ulcers <laughs> because i'm actually kind of curious <laughs> I, the interesting part was before in this i had never thought about a zebra ever having an ulcer right so it wasn't a question i had in my life really but i'm it's now glad to know yeah well also like now it's a question that i have in my life so <laughs> well you can you can read i'm it. gonna read it yes yeah or maybe just google just a quick you google, just google. Yeah. yeah for sure all right so check it out all right so let's get started today The first question is, there's going to be some questions that are isolation and coronavirus and some not. Um, so here goes the first one. So suggestions for grieving and isolation. I live in another country alone with my dog. My grandpa died back home in the U.S. and I cannot get home to grieve with my family or attend the funeral d- due to COVID-19. I'm struggling with this notion. Uh, that That's just, heartbreaking. That like made my stomach sink. Yeah. That is so, so hard. I think it's, you know so much it's funny there is so much grief that a lot of people feel right now Mm -hmm. and to actually be grieving right about a death with this really grief stricken situation and alone you know as a society we have the reason that we have these certain rituals is to help the grieving process Mm -hmm. right so whether that is um sitting shiva or having um, a funeral, or mm-hmm. having a wake, or having some type of ceremony. It's about, like, sort of tangibly dealing yeah. with grief. And so when we take that away without being able to be around those people, it sort of feels like, well, now my grief is stagnant. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily have to be true. Right. But I think you can, one, you know, acknowledge the fact that you're not going to get the typical grieving experience. And really honor that for yourself and give yourself compassion and then try to create some for wherever you are. So maybe that means that you and your dog go on a hike and create like a nice altar under a tree to honor your grandfather. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, making a, having, asking your parents to send you some of his old clothes or something, make yourself a blanket. You know, whatever feels right for you in this moment to be able to be a part of it 
and knowing that this is not a typical situation. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like what, what you're speaking to is that, you know, we all have these expectations about, like, what, you know, when our, our grandparents die, when someone dies, like, this is what it's going to look like. And because of COVID-19, that has has had to change. And so now our ideas about, like, what grieving looks like and what the funeral is going to look like and how we're going to grieve has to change with it. Yeah. And so you're, it sounds like you're not just grieving – um, the passing of your grandfather, but you're also grieving the funeral, you know, the funeral yeah. process and the grieving process that like, so meta, grieving yeah, the yeah. grief. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, I think that to rethink the ways in which you are going to grieve this mm-hmm. death and because I'm sure a lot of people are going through this too. Yeah. I hear, I don't know about you, but I often have clients that come in and say like, I really feel like I didn't grieve this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I lost my mom four years ago and I don't think I ever dealt with it. And I think we also live in a society that sort of honors and celebrates autopilot. Oh, like yeah. We love when people are overly productive. And we can see it right now with this whole fucking isolation mm-hmm. thing. There's so much pressure to be productive right now. Yes. Whether that's in your exercise, whether that's in your home improvement, whether that's like starting a side hustle. And that is really our capitalist and like society mentality. And so there's something really interesting to say to yourself, okay, grief is about sitting in pain and it's about like riding the wave. Mm-hmm. So uh, typically, we t- you know people talk about like, the stages of grief. We talk about it more as like a hill in a valley or, or an ocean wave that sometimes comes, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes the tide goes out and you can see it and you can think of your grandfather and think of memories and it doesn't hurt. And sometimes the tide comes in and it knocks you so hard on your ass you cannot breathe. Mm-hmm. And we actually don't typically have control of either. And to let yourself feel whatever you are feeling. Everyone grieves in different ways, right? Some people, when they lose someone, um, they'll come in and talk to us and say, like, I don't understand why I'm not feeling anything. Like, I see everyone around me. They're very sad. Um, They're having this very stereotypical, you know, grief response. And I'm not feeling anything. And so whatever is going on for you is okay. Yeah. Right? Everyone grieves in their own ways. And in their own time. And in their own time. So allow, just listen to yourself. Listen to your body. Listen to what you're feeling. Don't try to force anything. Let yourself feel how you feel. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the way in which you get through it. If you're feeling sad, let yourself feel sad. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could not have been more simple. You take a fun short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health 
healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Shrink Chicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50 to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash shrink chicks oh but we love you we're thinking of you that that's a tough one that is really tough all right how next person said how do i deal with the loss of a friendship is it like a breakup this is uh, this is a great great question question. really really good question i think as a society we put so much attention and emphasis on romantic relationships but i think friendship relationships are just as upsetting and heartbreaking painful painful and also healing you know like we just like we just have an obsession and as part of it's like the heteronormativity as we have this like big obsession with romantic relationships i think that so this person saying how do i deal with the loss of breakup i do think it's like i mean how do i deal with the loss of friendship is it a breakup i do yeah i do think that we should honor friendships like a breakup give ourselves time to feel um process and talk about it try to understand what happened and went wrong try to get some closure um you know i do think we have to honor and not pretend like oh whatever it's just another friend well i think too you know we understand in romantic relationships that it's normal to break up right like even when you get married you know we talk about divorce Um, that divorces happen. We have a whole system that helps you get divorced. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about friendships, we say friendship is forever. Oh, you're right. Right? Like BFF. (laughs) BFF. BFF. So socially, we don't tend to talk about losing a friendship. And Mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is, it's actually very natural for your friendships to change over time. Yeah. Well, because you, you change over time. Exactly. So and your friends your change relate. over time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, of course, things would alter. And you sometimes outgrow each other. You just grow in different directions. Exactly. Just like you would a relationship. And it doesn't necessarily mean anything negative about you. doesn't mean yeah. anything negative about the friends. Sometimes you just grow in different directions. And the fact of the matter is, that's it's sad. Yeah. It, it is. It's a loss. It's a grief, like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And so, just because society isn't talking about it, for you to know it's very normal to go through this. It's normal for your friendship to go through 
through these stages. And if you're growing apart, that's okay too. It's yeah. okay to talk about it. Um, that it's it doesn't mean anything negative about you. Yeah, absolutely. That is totally normal. Totally normal. But give yourself that space. It's not supposed to be different. I mean, I know I had a really bad end of our Jen's gonna know what I'm talking about. I had a really bad end of a friendship, probably like oh no, I, now I it's like seven years about. ago yeah. that was like absolutely traumatizing Oof. for me I mean I was heartbroken at the yeah. end of this relationship and and the relationship had to end they did some pretty unhealthy things yes um and it was difficult I mean I really felt pain every single day just it was heartbreak how long do you feel like you had to grieve that friendship for I mean I had that person in my life for about 15 years and you guys were very we were very very close, close. we were, we were to, gonna move in together we were about to move in together yeah. yes um our families were very close they were very involved in my family um how long do I think it took me I would say two years yeah and I still think about this person mm-hmm. um uh, I have not heard from them in six years I have no idea but uh, so I would say two years to feel complete acceptance with it mm-hmm. and then they still will come into my mind sometimes I don't have the same feelings of anger or anything anymore mm-hmm. um but it was pretty overwhelming you know what I think I think it's important to talk about the time that that took too because I think with gr- two, yeah two yeah exactly two years I would and, say and that like whether it's losing a friendship and that was two years of no contact Right. right, and not like not like in and out. Well, here's the other thing I think is so difficult is what happens when there's a loss of a friendship but you still are in the same circle of yeah. friends. Oh my God, that's right? so much so more So me difficult. and this person were not in the same circle of friends. Right. So it was like I could have complete cut off from them and mm-hmm. I think that really helps with my healing. Now other people where there's a loss of a friendship but they're still the same circle, that is very different. That's a different kind of grief. Or if you if you still have access to them on like social media. Which I did not with this person. Which yet. is which is the move, mm-hmm. right? To protect yourself, take care of yeah. yourself. That of course that's going to be triggering for you. But I think talking about the amount of time that that takes, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a romantic relationship is so important to recognize because I think that the expectation a lot of the time is like I should be over this by now. When, no, this takes time. Yes. It's okay for it to take time. Uh It's okay that you will go through periods of times where you're not thinking about them and then you'll go through periods of times where it's heartbreaking again. Yeah. And to, you know, like we were saying before, it's okay to allow yourself to go through that process. If you don't allow yourself to go through that process, if you try to push it away, it's just going to take longer. Yeah. And so... To know that this is something that takes time and it is okay for it to take time. I know it doesn't feel okay, but to allow yourself to go through it in your own way is mm. so, so essential. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so give yourself that time, that grace, and to the complete compassion for yourself. Mm-hmm. Next question How to cope with the loss of control, wedding postponement, and emotions that follow? I think this is about COVID. I think it is too. Yeah, okay, right. So, oh my God, how? How sad is it all the brides that have had to postpone their weddings? Oh, my God. Well, and also the pregnant women who have wanted a shower or, you know. There's just so, like, the graduations, so people that have worked so hard for degrees. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, there is so much grief. And, you know, we have these celebrations of life. And how sad to have that taken away. Mm-hmm. So I have a few, quite a few thoughts on this. Tell me. Well, so the one is like, you're right, like your wedding's going to have to be postponed for a lot of us. It doesn't mean you're, you're uniting has to be. There are people who have been doing Zoom marriages that have been marrying themselves. In the state of Pennsylvania, you can marry, you can do a Quaker wedding, you can right. marry yourself. Um, I don't know what the law is with other states with that. Um, but 
I think there you can say, all right, so still it's really important for us to honor this date. And this is when we decided that we were going to marry it and then maybe I need health insurance. I mean, there's a lot of reasons <laughs> that people get married. So many so, options. Yeah, so you still have to kind of do what's right for you. And then to say, okay, do I want to postpone having this huge celebration? And um, so I'd say like the loss of control is like, once again, you cope with getting control over what you had. Jen, we were talking about this the other day and you had a brilliant point. You're not going to remember what she said, but I'm, no clue. Your, I'm, I'm looking at her with dead eyes right now. <laughs> dead eyes. Dead. Right. So this is what you said. You said, why not use this time of the postponement to figure out what you didn't, what you're doing with your wedding that didn't feel right to you. Right. Right. Yes. So you said, you know, like if you, if I had to push it back, there was things that would have changed about my wedding. And right? you know what? And, and so. And there's an opportunity here to say like, okay, if this is going to be pushed back another six months. What do I want to take away? What do I want to do here? And you know what? Whereas before there might've been this social pressure to follow these certain guidelines mm. of your wedding. Now you can use COVID as an excuse. Oh, yes. What a great, right? I, love, I love a good scapegoat. Love a good scapegoat. Yes. To say, listen, COVID really screwed up these plans. I can't do this in this way. When really, maybe you didn't want to do it in that way to begin with. Yeah. And so it really gives you this opportunity to. All of a sudden, I can't get married to church. There you go. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> there could be COVID. Like, I don't even know. Yeah. Or maybe, right? maybe you wanted a smaller wedding. Yeah. You know, maybe you wanted to do mm-hmm. it in a completely non traditional way. And this gives you that opportunity. And so, so obviously, we're speaking to the people who maybe, uh, you know, plan their wedding and maybe it wasn't everything they wanted. Yeah. And then there are people who plan their wedding and it was everything they wanted. Yeah. And of course, that's going to be hard and you, you're going to have to postpone it. It and and replan and the the, pl- the wedding planning process is it's exhausting. exhausting. So right, so, so to say like, oh, I got to do this another six months. Oh my god! But you can also say, okay, so I'm gonna put this away for six months. I'm not gonna still work on it every week. Like you're allowed to like tuck something away, give yourself a break, and give yourself a break from it. Absolutely right. So and what that might look like is for you to say to your partner, so what do I do to honor this original date? Mm-hmm. Right, like this date that was supposed to be ours, what are some ways we still want to honor it and celebrate that day? And what's that going to look like for us? Do we still want to have, you know, a Zoom party? And here's the thing. I think you could also say to yourself, you know, we're sitting here giving these suggestions. They're not fucking ideal, okay? <laughs> not the best. <laughs> They're not like like this it is, would have been. It's not, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. I mean, That's here's it. the it, reason it, why this it, it is. It just is. It's, this is the radical acceptance part. Absolutely. Because what's the other option? Right? There like there is no other option. And when you try to resist things that are out of your control, it just makes it harder and it makes Absolutely. it feel worse. So, of course, it's not ideal to do to celebrate your wedding in your house on Over Zoom. Zoom. <laughs> not the best. I did a Zoom Passover last night. So there it goes. So Zoom Passover. Zoom yes, Passover. Yeah. It was very interesting. My 97-year-old grandfather was Got on it. Zoom. And like it was literally just his yeah. nose. Yeah, I don't know what is it is with the some of the older generation with where they think the camera's I'm located. I'm so confused. Because I began a lot of nostril shots. And my my grandmother looked like um, you ever see. Remember Home Improvement? You know the she guy who was like Wilson, who was like peeking over the fence. I mean, we're dying. And it was still wait, but also Passover is about a nation away from a plague. It's true. It's, Passover is about a nation. It's true. Widely surviving a plague. That's kind of what we're doing in some ways Lots here. Lots of plagues. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that's actually very interesting. Right to be during the time of Passover. And have technology. And there was no technology right? before. That's no. for damn sure. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. So yeah, so I would say the loss of control is how am I going to... This sounds so stupid, but when life gives us lemons, first we're going to pout... And we're going to cry. Mm. And then we're going to make lemonade. I don't know. I love lemons. 
Yeah, I mean, lemons are fucking awesome. But I'm saying, first give yourself permission to pout and cry and yes. throw yourself Let a yourself pity. feel it. Absolutely. Throw yourself a pity party and then to say, okay, so now what's going to work out of this? What are my what? options? Absolutely. What do I want, right? Do I want to buy myself a cute little slip dress or something, you know, like some tiny little thing, cute. like some tiny little white dress that like I wouldn't have spent money on, you know, make it fun. What do I want to do here? Decorate your house. I love the idea of decorating Right, decorate. House. Just do something. Once again, not ideal. We don't believe that this is a replacement for no, your no. wedding. No, no, But no. do what you can do. Absolutely. Control what you can control. Okay. Ready um, for the next one. So this question stemmed from listening to What If I'm the Toxic One episode. Um, this person said, how do I keep my insecurities from my past relationships from ruining my current and or future relationships? I do not know how to stop being jealous or insecure. This, okay. First, I'm going to start out by saying our favorite phrase. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Is it know yourself? It's know yourself. Yes. So this is this is a really important question because I think this affects everyone in, in different ways, especially at the beginning of a relationship when you're not feeling as secure in the relationship, right? It takes a lot of time in any relationship to feel secure, yeah. right? Like where you know this isn't going any, you know, this isn't going to end. It's not going anywhere. And so that takes time to build up. So at the, at the beginning, especially, your insecurities are much higher much more intense and so if the question is how do I keep my insecurities from my past really ruining my current relationship and our future relationships recognize what your triggers are mm-hmm. right like what are the things in relationships that trigger you the most and to recognize they're coming from you there's things right. that other people might be doing that are triggering you and so think about this um thing before we've also talked about it's like we can get this obsessive tunnel vision right so let, let's use an example so let's say in your past relationship your partner kept a lot of secrets on their phone so they always had their phone down. It was always locked. It was always this like really tense thing around the phone. So you then in your new current relationship, you start to become obsessive about their phone. You automatically think they're hiding stuff. You want to know the password. It's so hard to get yourself at. Now, this partner may have done absolutely nothing to indicate in any way they've done anything mm-hmm. to hurt or betray you in some way. But when we go down that tunnel vision of fear, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. This is about fear-based my fear of getting hurt, my fear of rejection, my fear of grief. It is so reasonable to have that once you have experienced it before. Yes. And so so one of the things to recognize though, right? So once you recognize what your triggers are, right? So let's say the phone is a trigger. So you see the phone and so you have you feel the insecurity coming up. You have two you have multiple options here. If the option that you choose is to react to that feeling and you get angry at, at your current partner and say like, what the fuck? Why are you putting your phone down? You're reacting to that fear. Yeah. Right? And so that's something that's going to bring up issues in that relationship. You're bringing your insecurities into the relationship. Mm. Other options are recognizing what you're feeling, right? I'm feeling insecure about this because my past relationship, it was bringing up, you know, all of these things were happening that are that I'm feeling in this current relationship. So you recognize that and you communicate that with your partner. And I think that, and, and I think another thing to say, and if your partner, if your new partner doesn't want to hear about it, mm-hmm. Or won't let you access that. I think that does give you some red flags about them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You know, like if there is if there is no space to be able to talk about your experiences before mm-hmm. and how that has shaped you, it's also your partner saying to you, there's certain parts of you I don't want to know. Right. There's certain parts of you I do not want access to. And then you have to ask yourself, is that the right thing for me in a relationship? And the question is, like, is it, it, you sharing those parts of you, is it triggering something in your partner 
where they are shutting it down and they are avoidant of the emotions that it's bringing up in them, right? So this is where you can get into some trouble. So, you know, to be able to share that with your partner to say, this is something that's triggering for me. You know, I know it has nothing to do with you, but how can I communicate that with you when these triggers come up for me? right? Like what can I say? How can I express that so that, that I'm not reacting to you? Because it's the, the goal is to respond and mm-hmm. not react. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That is the key there. And that's the term that we call is differentiation. Differentiation. Right. And, and to know, the only way you're going to be able to do that is to know yourself. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> do you all, y'all just can't catch a break. Yeah. And right, and so like one of the things I had talked about in the toxic one is like in my in my teens and early twenties, I was nuts in relationships. Who wasn't? Right, like weren't you? Yes, I made very poor decisions. I was very bad at communicating, and I was incredibly reactive. Oh, yeah. I was also drinking a lot. Exactly. Well, that does not <laughs> help. Was, I was partying a lot in college, right? So like I made some dumb decisions. Who? Once again, who didn't? It is like so hard to regulate your emotions in college once first of all your your frontal lobe isn't fully formed oh that's yeah i know second of all you're drinking all the time you're barely sleeping you know there's this like party culture it's it's next to impossible to regulate your emotions during yeah, that time. So absolutely. Ever, like thinking back to my reactivity back then, I'm like, oh my God. I feel, who was I? Well, and also you start, that's when we start to think about like, that's when you start to feel like embarrassment and shame, right? Like I have to like tell myself to not go down a shame spiral yes. when I think back to like who that girl was because really who that girl was for me, the inner Emily, was she was so sad and she so desperately wanted to be mm-hmm. loved and taken care of. That's it. Right? Like for most of us, like that's, all we truly want and that's where that reactivity is coming from exactly you know it's not coming from a place of harm it's what we want is to be loved and cared about but sometimes we go about it in ways that actually push people away Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when pros says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study aka the gold standard in research studies pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make 50 percent off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrink chicks that's p-r-o-s-e.com slash shrink chicks for your free consultation and 50 percent off your one-of-a-kind formulas pros.com slash shrink chicks 
Say goodbye to the cheap razor era, my friends. It's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with Athena Club. Em and I just got back from an amazing trip to the Caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice, the therapy group. And in haste of packing, because yours truly is a packing procrastinator, I forgot my Athena Club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth. A mistake I will never make again. The Athena Club hype is real. The shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable irritation free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. And you know what really helped me realize this? Tell me. My toddler. So <laughs> because she's because reacting. She, yes. Because sometimes, right? So she can't talk yet mm-hmm. too much. She can say little things. She can ask Jen to sing a row, row, row the boat 10,000 times My on the phone. favorite song yes. now. Um, and so she can say certain things, but she can't say, I want a nurse or I want a hug, right? So she just goes nuts. I mean, it looks ape like shit. she goes apeshit. Like she's like having this temper tantrum. She cannot control herself. She can't contain herself. Aww. And I'm like, what is happening? And I start to feel overwhelmed, which makes me want to react. But really what it is, is she wants me to pick her up and hold her Aww. or maybe her tooth hurts or maybe she wants to nurse. She's trying to connect and bond. She's tired. You know, like it's like these really, really basic, typical human emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think we're really good at validating that within children and very bad at validating that within adults. Right. And I think the tough thing is that like if if you're in a relationship and someone is reacting to you, that it triggers something in you. Like you were saying, like yes. when she's, you recognize that you're being triggered when she's throwing a temper tantrum. Absolutely. And so in order to take care of her, your ability to recognize that within yourself and say, no, this is about her need for connection or she needs something from me is that you're recognizing those feelings in yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also have to know the best way for her to learn to regulate her emotions is for me to regulate mine. Oh, God. That is I mean, beautiful. That it's is true. how you model to children, right? Absolutely. And yeah. so, and to take that into your romantic relationships too, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Like that you're, I mean, if you're... I mean, the same thing. You want your partner to apologize more, you apologize more. Yep. Right? You want your uh, partner to give you more love, you have to give them more love, right? Like it, it is not just about finding the right partner, it's about being the right partner. Yes. Which leads us to really great into our next question. I'm ready. So the next person asks, can my new boyfriend still be the one if I do not feel 100% myself with him yet or is this a red flag? My friends all say that if a boy is right for me, I should immediately feel comfortable and I definitely feel like I should have, I still have my guard up and I'm not 100% my goofy self yet. Your, your friend's really into Disney or what? <laughs> goofy. <laughs> No, I mean, like, your friends think it should be immediately comfortable. Oh, That's I magic. 
Oh no, I love your goofy <laughs> self. <laughs> but right. I'm just saying this it's magical thinking, man. Yeah, absolutely. To think 100% you comfortable need to be 100% immediately. comfortable no. with yourself. No. I just feel like that's actually less about him and more about you. Right? So you're talking about like, is he the one? I don't know. We can't say for you. We also don't really believe there's a one. No. But if you believe that, it's not about him not being one. It's about you not feeling comfortable totally yet, right? And and to ask what's the reason why this question is so important to you, mm. right? Like what's the reason why this is being triggered for you? Like, are you so worried about it not working? Exactly. Or worried about putting all your eggs in one basket. Right, right. And, yeah. and you know, and we always ask our friends for advice with dating. And we've said this before on one of our other episodes that, like, no one else is in your relationship. No. I- you are the only one. You and your partner are the only ones who can assess and work through stuff in your relationship. Everyone's relationship is different. And so to compare it to other people is just unfair to you. It's like comparing yourself to someone else. Unfair to you. It's not you. And I just think this idea of like things feeling good immediately is like this just, this myth we keep telling in our society. And it's Mm -hmm. the same thing we tell to moms. You're going to immediately be in love with your newborn. You're going to immediately, oh, you're going to just fall in love. I did not feel that with Mm -hmm. my child. Many mothers do not feel that. Mm -hmm. When I first met my partner, I didn't feel, I wasn't like, I, I was not like, What's that like? Uh, like love at first sight? I don't. I don't fully under or or that that. Did saying, you have that with Bill? No. I mean, I uh, thought he was like, hot. Yeah, I thought he was real hot. <laughs> so that was helpful. Yeah, right. But, but like, it was I, but that's lust, it, and it absolutely took me a while to feel comfortable. Because you're pretty goofy, but you. I it, am real fucking. Goofy. You're very goofy, but it takes you a while for people to see that part of you. Well, it also takes me a while to like fully trust other yes. people and connect, and so so. But that's me, and I know that in all of my relationships, yeah. I'm going to be feeling that way, that that takes me a while for me to fully open up to someone else, and it had nothing to do with him. Yeah. Had nothing, has nothing to do with friends that I meet. It just yeah. takes me personally a while. So it, so your friends might be speaking from their own perspective, right? Well, and also they probably really love you. They also probably really love you, and they're probably worried about you getting hurt. I also wonder if they or maybe not telling you some thoughts that they have about this person. Mm. I have heard women do this before to other women, um, that they, like, come up with other reasons as opposed to just saying, like, you know what, I don't really vibe with him. Right, right. Right? So I think you could also say, like, do you guys like him or what's your feeling? You know, I don't mm-hmm. think anything is immediate. I don't think anything is 100. And I, and I try, in general, to stay away from black and white mindsets like that, that right. it's all or nothing. Right. Because it's just not real thinking. But I think that Jen brought up a great point, which is like in your other relationships, do you sometimes struggle to be that your, your full authentic self? Right. A lot of us do because we have to typically put on different masks and be different right. people. We put a right? guard up that it's mm-hmm. hard. It's, it is very vulnerable to be completely yourself right off the bat. That Especially when you really like someone. Exactly. You're like, oh, I'm not going to fart on you. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like if you're not farting in the first few weeks, it does not mean that he's not the one. <laughs> if you are not openly taking a shit with the door open. Um, <laughs> Send great. that door really good. Let's keep going. Would you say quarantine? As a, are you and Bill leaving doors open now with all this time together? Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he like, is it making us more comfortable? Yeah. Like, would you say, do you guys leave the door open when you go to the bathroom? Um, No, we don't. Do you? Um, One okay. time he, like, went to, like, sit down. 
and left the door. I was like, oh, so sorry, so sorry. So, <laughs> so sorry, so sorry. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I have a toddler that opens the doors. So I mean, you've seen videos, Millie does yes. not care. So no. the door is open when I go to the bathroom, typically because there's a child walking around somewhere. Right. Um, we didn't do that prior to having kids. Mm. A lot of things are really different, you know, because I, I ha- people do. Often. Often is like leave the door open. Yeah, I think that's really normal. Right? I think that that's common. But not during dating. And this goes to like, you know, at the beginning of a relationship, we always put our best foot forward, right? Of like, course. We look good. We're brushing our teeth. We are spraying the poopery. going. We're easy going. We're ordering the salad. We're doing the things we think make us look cute and dainty and fragile. And yeah, it's not real. And that's where, and you know what this connects to? And we're just going to keep getting on tangents. There's no yes. way we're getting to all of these questions There's because so I have one more thing to say. I think, too, like part of that is like the honeymoon phase, right? When we're like both people are putting on their best selves. This is this like intense connection between the two of yes. you. And then you start to like let down some of those walls and be more fully yourself. You're revealing the things that are annoying you about the person. And that honeymoon phase ends. And that's a transition in the relationship, too. Mm-hmm. It's something to get comfortable with yeah but it's okay that you don't feel like you're fully yourself it it might happen at some point that you're letting your guard down and you feel like you can finally be yourself but it doesn't mean anything about the relationship yeah absolutely next question okay how do i keep the peace with my partner during this time when we're both working from home and not used to spending so much time together oh god that is a this is a tough one and this is like what we're being asked all the time now constantly because i think it's like if you think we've never spent this much time together (laughs) like no one is spending this much time with their partner oh my god and so and i think too we're so used to you know if you're both going to jobs outside of the home and you're doing a typical nine to five right you're away from each other most of the day yes the only time you're getting to see each other is in the morning and at night and you're both exhausted both in the morning and at night and so to be with each other all day is a completely different experience I also think, I don't know, we have sort of had this conversation and a few other people I've talked to have had this. I am finding it more exhausting to do all the virtual work. Yeah. Right? Like, and I think, you know, one of the hard things is like, we're all supposed to be working as if there's not a fucking pandemic happening. And, you know, even the part, like, like I, like I had my brother-in-law in my house, like he is just working. He does not like leave his room like seven to seven. He's on constant calls yeah. so much. It is an exhausting thing, and I think a lot of us are really burnt out right now. Yeah. Well, I think there's something about doing virtual, like seeing people online and watching a computer screen all day that yeah. like slowly drains the life out of you. I know staring at myself all day is getting not good. There's a way. I figured this oh, out. Oh, did you figure it out There's a way to turn your face off. Yeah, I need to do that because Me that, that I think is actually very difficult to see myself. It's it's yeah. uh, for because like watching yourself talk. Yes, it's absolutely. Like, and you, it's hard to focus, and so yes. there's a way to turn your face okay, off. Okay, well that's good to know. So that's so good to when know. it comes to this question, and now, <laughs> and now Jen, you guys don't know this, but Jen is the IT department of the Westchester. That I am. Any technical question, I it's always me. Basically, I'm like, how do I work this? I call Jen. She's my IT chair. I don't know how to do anything. Okay, but I have a really good piece of advice I'm going to say to this person. If you look up, there's a great study from the Gottman Institute that talks about a soft startup versus um, a hard startup. Yeah. Right? And so a soft startup is say, or a harsh startup is like, are you fucking serious? Like, you, you said you were, like, are you kidding me? You said you were going to do the dishes tonight, which may or may not be a conversation I've had in my house in the past week. <laughs> um, right? So the, that's the harsh startup. So the, the soft startup is say, hey, I know that we had sort of talked about you doing the dishes. Was that too much for your plate right now? I'm also feeling kind of burnt out. What should we do? Mm-hmm. 
it's it's inviting them into the conversation not shoving them out a harsh startup keeps people away i think that's a wonderful point and i think too if you recognize that you're feeling a little bit more irritated or you see that your partner's a little bit more irritated it's okay to say Let's take some time in different rooms, yes. right? Like if you have different rooms. Let's well, take we were some just time talking to we were just on Caitlin. Yes, Caitlin uh, Bristow. Okay, we yeah, we just did off the vine podcast, and one of the things we were talking about with her is that like in her relationship, um, her anxiety comes out as irritability as mm-hmm. well, right? And I've talked about this before. That is one hundred percent me. I come off bitchy and mean and mm-hmm. irritable and really I'm so anxious and like you can see I have like oh, yeah. no nails I, are gone. I, yeah I have no nails anymore like I pick I have anxiety you know this is how it functions so I have to be able and my partner has to really know me mm-hmm. and I have to really know myself to be able to communicate that to my partner to say like for him to come in and say like hey like you have been like you know, like a little touchy towards me tonight. Are you okay? And usually just that one question is enough for me to say like, I'm really not. It was a really tough day with the baby. I'm exhausted. So many of my clients are in so much pain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's just so much hurt in the world right now. It's hard to not take that on. So it's, it's really about how you communicate to them. So really think about, is this a soft startup or a harsh startup in Mm -hmm. my communication? And listening, you know, Em, you're speaking to like listening to yourself, right? And like recognizing what you're feeling. And so to be able to communicate that is essential. And through these harsh startups or through the the soft startups is so, so important because, and that's hard to do when you're feeling irritated, right? To take a minute and be like, how am I going to approach this in a way that's soft? Well, right. Like, and it's also, I think this sort of isolation period is really magnifying a lot of stuff in our relationship Mm -hmm. that maybe isn't working. And that doesn't mean it has to be a death sentence for your relationship. It means, you know, know what, let's use this time as informational of what we want to build on and grow. And, you know, this is such like a stressful time period, right? Like we're going through financial stress. There's a lot of changes happening. It is okay to create some fun in your relationship right now. Like play some games. Silly. Be Be silly. goofy. Like do something different because there's a lot. And this is kind of what we talk about in the podcast. Like, that like we go in between being serious and addressing serious topics because this is a very serious time and also bringing some light into the conversation because we need it. Yeah. You know, it's like part of our comfort, part of how we take care of ourselves. And if you think about the beginning of your relationship and how you guys connected, my guess is it wasn't through being serious and stressed. It was probably through having fun. Yeah. It was pro- probably through playing games together. Flirtation, getting mystery. a drink. Right. And so to start to build that in your relationship, during a time of stress is so so essential um so okay wait so then somebody so then i'm leading into this other question before we finish for today because we're we're getting we're hitting our end time wow but i'm going um somebody said how do you spice up your sex life when you're in the slump such quarantine sweatpants mode <laughs> so here's a few right so if we want to go to actual ideas this is a really good time of incorporating water into your sex life, right? So whether that's a bath together or a shower together mm. to first feel like, okay, so like there is something really cleansing about going into a different room and especially the bathroom of your house, right? To say like, we're going to do this thing together and to open it up in this time. It also allows you to both get out of those sweatpants to clean yourself up a little bit. You also don't have to feel like I, you know, I'm someone who... If it's, if it's helpful for you to put on laundry and a full face of makeup, that's great. For me, that's way too much work and mm-hmm. I'm too damn tired. Mm-hmm. So for me, actually taking a shower together and cleansing together is going to be more realistic for like where I'm at in my life. 
It sounds and, and it sounds like to make sure that you feel good about yourself yes. is the most important thing in whatever way that means, yeah. right? So, right for some people, it might be putting on makeup or like changing into mm-hmm. something. Well, sexy. and it's also hard because there's so many diet culture messages right now about like do this workout, like you know, don't get the quarantine fifteen, like any of these things we're saying, which can really affect like what we know is that body image can very much affect our sex. Absolutely, life. how we feel about ourselves during sex, and so to make sure that you feel good about yourself in those moments will help you feel sexier and more connected to your partner absolutely absolutely so yeah so i would say um using some water play incorporating some toys um lubrication is a really great thing and just say to your partner you want to know what what would you like to do with our sex life what's working for you what's not a really good exercise you can do if you google the pleasure focused model there's a fabulous ted talk by alvernecchio um that talks about this and he talks about like that you know the we talk about sex in terms of bases right first base second base and that is means that like the only way you score is if you orgasm which really Mm. isn't accurate for a lot of us so what he likes to talk about more is what about it we think about it in terms of pizza i like this slice i don't like that slice i and i'm done when i'm full and i communicate with my partner about it so i would highly recommend looking up alvernecchio's ted talk on the um, we need it's called we need a new metaphor for sex and you can both fill out your pizza slices yes, and, then you and can, see yep. where it matches up exactly it's the pleasure focus model um hey we're at the end of our episode for today episode right and our it's our question but good news one. it's a two-parter y'all we got another we'll coming be up. right back we got through as many as we could today um we love you we're thinking of you hey, thank you keep, for listening and keep sending us your questions this is really fun this is so fun. For us. We really enjoy this. We want to hear more. Um, so, hey, tune in next week. We'll have part two of this. Take care and be safe. Bye-bye. Everyone.